Hi, I'm House of Lucy, and today I have taken over Enter Gallery's podcast, Art Related Noise, to take you on a tour of my 2023 solo show, Ghost Town. Here we go! The initial idea for the show came from walking through Croydon's Whitgift Centre, noticing more than half the shops had closed down and getting the specials Ghost Town stuck in my head on a loop. A couple of weeks later, I found two twee ceramic shop fronts in a charity shop in Bex Hill. I knew instantly that I had to transform them into the shops we see on our high streets today, streets which have now become completely indistinguishable from one town to another. So with the help of some clay and ceramic paint, one became a Greg's and the other a Poundland. These became the seed of Ghost Town, and from there, two shops became three, and three became thirty. In time, I had a long road of fast food outlets, betting shops and estate agents. This then got me thinking about the wider community, which in turn led to a collection of figurines who represent the folk living in Ghost Town. The figurines were joined by prints, sculptures of tea, vintage plates, phone boxes and even plate of biscuits. Let's take a stroll down Ghost Town's High Street. In addition to that fateful day in Croydon when I first got the idea for Ghost Town, I also noticed that on my regular trips to small town charity shops, FYI they have the best stuff, the high streets were beginning to appear characterless, tired and indistinguishable from one another during parts of people shopping online or in out-of-town shopping centres. The shops were all the same, with subways, cafe Nero's, estate agents, charity shops, vape stores and betting shops replacing the independent retailers that had once given a town its unique character and flavour. Once I'd found those two twee chocolate boxy shop fronts in a charity shop in Bexhill, I knew that I wanted to create an entire high street. Unbeknownst to me at the time, those particular ceramic shop fronts are very collectible, so it almost bankrupted myself on eBay tracking down the shops I needed. I ploughed on and started to build my street, starting with Greg's and Poundland, then adding shops day by day, a Tesco Express, a sex shop, cash converters and even Admiral, a high street casino. I also transformed several teapots and jam pots using a combination of polymer clay and air drying clay to either flatten the existing fascias or to build them up into something different. Then I hand painted the windows and shop logos. The hardest part was knowing when to stop and even after handing in my work to Enter Gallery I still produced a further four shops. Sorry guys. The day I felt I'd really captured today's high street was when I went to Burgess Hill to escape the King's coronation and to plunder the town's charity shops, only to find they were all closed due to the coronation. But as I walked along the high street, I felt like I'd been supersized into my own real-life ghost town. Almost every shop I'd recreated in ceramic form was there. It felt quite surreal. Ghost town wouldn't be complete without a park for its residents to hang out in. In conjunction with ghost town's high street shops, I wanted to build a community of people who inhabit that town. In much the same way I transformed those outdated shop fronts into the shops of today, I took a series of unloved, old-fashioned ceramic figurines and turned them into contemporary characters using a combination of polymer clay, ceramic paint, card, some doll's house items and air-drying clay. But where to put them? The answer, of course, was the local park. 
The park is the place where you'll find a real cross-section of society. Yummy mummies, kids on scooters, skaters, people just enjoying a stroll, some working from home, and others enjoying themselves in the fresh air with a bottle of wine and a kebab. I've taken some of my characters to the extreme. For example, in Baby's First Bottle, I have a toddler nursing a bottle of Jack Daniels, which is a comment on what's best, bottle or breast. In this case, bottle. In Stop Me and Buy One, we also have a young girl selling drugs from her little wicker baskets. This references county lines and how young people are vulnerable to being exploited by older drug dealers with a lot of influence and money. The park itself was created with a board of MDF which was painted using Brighton's level as a reference point. It was designed to pop onto a table in the gallery so the ghost town inhabitants can stroll around at their leisure. You'll also find the local Starbucks in the park so the townsfolk have somewhere to buy their iced toasted vanilla oat milk shaken espressos. The Starbucks even lights up at night. Time to introduce you to some of Ghost Town's most colourful characters. In terms of the people that live here, each and every one has their own story to tell. See the happy shopper with the little bags? That's Lord Rich. He's been affected by the rising cost of living, having to lay his staff off, renting most of his manor house out on Airbnb and starting to shop in Lidl. Why had no one told him about Lidl before? For the same price as a couple of jars of piccalilli and foie gras, yes, we do judge. From his beloved Fortnum and Mason, Lord Rich is able to do his entire weekly shop and pick up some treats from the middle aisle. In fact, he almost did a piddle in the middle of Lidl, such was his excitement at the random goods spread out before him. Before he knew it, Lord Rich found himself the owner of a saw, a pair of flippers, a house plant, a mug and a bottle of Lidl number 5.5 fragrance that he knew Lady Rich would love. He'll never bother with Fortnum's again. See the boy with the scooter? He's already knocked over an elderly lady and two small dogs and despite thinking of himself as a roadman, he only ever rides on the pavement. And what about the man with the cone on his head? That's Sir Drinkalot, who's drunk as a lord. He's on his way home from curry night with the boys and despite working his way through 20 poppadoms, eight naan breads, a king prawn rogue and josh, a chicken tikka masala and a lambuna, oh and 25 bottles of kingfisher, he's still peckish. Thankfully, best kebabs is on, his way, is on the way back to his place, so he's been able to pop in for a lamb donna with all the trimmings. Shortly before throwing up, he found a very cool new hat which also doubles as a trumpet. Best night ever. And who's that boy feeding fried chicken to a swan? That's Bobby. He lives in a shoe with his elderly mum and 17 siblings. As life can be a little chaotic at times, his favourite thing is to sneak off to the park for some alone time. He goes so often he's made friends with a swan, with whom he loves to share his lunch. Bobby doesn't realise that he's slowly killing the poor bird, but sharing is caring, right? For Ghost Town, I also created a range of prints to complement the high street, depicting different Ghost Town residents that you won't find in the park. Each print is an original piece, created especially for the show and framed in a beautiful vintage frame. As is my MO, I took a collection of traditional oil paintings and transformed them into contemporary landscapes to complement the high street. We have Dottie in Tea for One, who takes her Reader's Digest to Belcher's Cafe every day for a cup of tea and a slice of something nice, hoping that this will be the day that someone will speak to her. 
The staff always pass the time of day, but nothing beats putting the world to rights with a friend. Since the community hall closed down, the greengrocers became a mobile phone repair shop and the haberdashers a vape shop. Dottie has no one to talk to. Sometimes she feels so lonely, her heart literally hurts. And check out that giant Westfield. No wonder no one shops at the local ladies' boutique anymore when there's enormous Primark right on the doorstep. And what's happening with that horse that's been wheel-clamped? Poor Mr Smythe got caught out. He went to B&Q for some tiles, got home and realised he'd forgotten the grout, so rushed back only to be caught out by their no-return rule. He's definitely going to be appealing. We also have mates enjoying pub life, drinking the day away in the Weatherspoons, which replaced the Cock Tavern, established in 1460, a family receiving a pizza delivery and a lady tending to her garden while her child bounces away behind her on the trampoline. One of the casualties of the demise of the high street is the loss of community. Now that there are fewer places for people to gather, it is becoming harder and harder for people to connect. I have always associated drinking tea with community, the sharing of news and gossip, a sense of belonging. I wanted to create a tea station filled with sculptures of tea where people visiting the ghost town exhibition can sit and chat. Each tea sculpture is made from a mixture of mortar, resin and ceramic paint which are used to colour the resin, always with a freshly made cup of tea at hand for colour reference. The biscuits are made from moulds cast from actual biscuits and are painted with acrylics, again with a real biscuit in hand for colour reference. This was my favourite bit because I got through quite a few biscuits. In terms of the cups and saucers, I wanted to present my tea in beryl ware, which was produced and designed during the war, when shortages decried that design should be simple and use as few resources as possible. Beryl ware is synonymous with jumble sales, school cheese and wine nights in church halls. To me, it represents community, so no other crockery would have been suitable.